my brother. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Odin Samurai Sons podcast. Uh, we have Brandon and Patrick, along with myself, Jeremy. Uh, here we're going to talk. We're going to be talking about the last three episodes of What If. And yeah, let's just dive right into it. Starting with episode seven, entitled "What If Thor Was an Only Child." Um, I'll go ahead and just give my little uh, little bit of two cents into it. You know, it feels like he was acting a lot similar to how we saw him. You know, initially in the um, in the live action film of the very first Thor movie, you know, immature. So it didn't really get much, you know. And then and then it took a while to develop to see like what actually would happen if he was an only child. Brandon Patrick thoughts. I it made me realize something that so without Odin tying Thor and Loki together, they have a great relationship and Loki is not toxic. <laughs> So yeah. this means that Odin is the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's he, he, Yeah, we saw that even when Thor Ragnarok, right? Like he, all the deceptions, the lies, right? That uh, that uh, Hela mentioned, you know, all the how they got to become prosper, is it like yeah. approval and everything? Like yeah, it's, like it's a lot of his decisions. Odin is the problem. <laughs> yeah, I hate the pointing it to him, but like of course, you know. He realizes that he made a lot of mistakes. He's not perfect, but yeah, like and Thor, Thor and Loki had to deal with the problems. AKA freaking Asgard got blown up, as we so know. So basically, if if Odin hadn't, you know, you know, fucked up Jotunheim, him and Loki would have been tight, which they were in this. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I love the, the uh, brotherly love between the two. They're like they're like brothers from another mother. Like I just love that they're still bros. And um, in this, Frigga is awesome. still alive because of this too. And I loved her in this because uh, Frigga well, is her relationship awesome. with Thor was so funny. Um, I I wasn't a huge fan of this episode personally because like, right, for, yeah, for yeah, me my, yeah. It, it was it was a good episode that's like funny. And it there was a lot of callbacks to Thor Ragnarok in it, which was cool. Um, but I like the darker episodes personally. <laughs> I, give me the Doctor Strange, like the dark Doctor Strange. That was so cool. I um, really think we're getting that in live action. I really do. Yeah, I I think so too. Um, I would love it, but, but it would be, seem hard, honestly. Would <laughs> it be? It just seems like a complex character to bring into like. You know, I mean, you Brandon, can do so much with animation that you Brandon, can't do I with think, live action. When I when I think of the word multiverse, I think of complex. You know? Yes, but there's a reason that you know you have a lot of freedom with animation that you know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you there's, a little, there's a little, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot more than, editorial freedoms. Yeah. Yeah, you can just animate it rather than pay millions of dollars to do like tentacles and CGI over you know Benedict Cumberbatch's hands. Yeah, that um, would be doing that would not be doing a service to it would be hard. It's it easier also be. to bring in like uh multiple actors and actresses um into the f- mix as well. Like just get them to voice, you know, their part, like even just one line well, versus even, like having you can do that, like this is why I want to work in animation and, and like voice acting. Like you can get the same person to voice different roles too, is also like like that's the thing about like voice acting and animation. Why I did like this project as a whole. It's very dynamic in like how it's produced, and it's just on a completely different scale than live action. And then we might be able to see like a transition from you know, like we got in Star Wars, Jeremy, like a transition from animated to live action, or 
at least what right. I got because and then I vice the versa. Wars. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Like, if like actors and actresses were not available, like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, she didn't voice uh, Pepper Potts, and uh, the she actress doesn't for need sure. to. You know, yeah, she doesn't she, need to. Oh, it's not yeah. a name brand character like T'Challa, you know, or uh, yeah, yeah, or well, like even Captain America, like didn't need to be voiced by Chris Evans. Anyone can just do like an astute American voice, you know. Yeah. yeah. If you get the voices close enough to like. To match dares you know yeah, that's gonna no, like no disrespect to chris evans but his character could be is is as basic as it comes to when it comes to like how it how they sound i think props to the uh i guess the replacement voice actors for you know stepping in you know into roles like uh robert downey jr and chris evans um black widow so, too yeah black, widow, black i thought black widow was a very was one of the best ones honestly i she is actually i'm a i'm a i'm forgetting her name but i'm i'm a big fan of her she does some live action acting and some comedy and like sitcoms but she mainly does like voice acting uh her name is escaping me but she, she plays poison ivy in that harley quinn animated show Wait, too did she like i thought i heard mm-hmm. i could hear the poison ivy right like i just yeah. finished watching that like a, a great uh, show. earlier this year and i, I loved harley <laughs> quinn i'm excited <laughs> for season three but uh i was like wow this sounds so familiar I, when i looked at her I, and I she was also a, oh, a wow, small okay. role awesome. in like new girl like she dated like oh, okay. nick so she, she, she's 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 made her mark she has, but she she's a tremendous voice actress. Absolutely, like, mm-hmm. I love her as Poison Ivy. She did. I think she did, she was a very good compliment to Harley Quinn right there. Ooh, oh yeah, Harley. By the way, for people for those who don't know, I know that the actress, um, she is Penny in uh, what is it? Uh, Big Haley Bang Cuoco. Yes, Big um, Bang Theory. Yeah. Oh, she's gorgeous, and her voice I, is too. The thing about this is that like. I love like this is her show. This she executive she's the executive producer of the show too. Like so she's involved with like all processes of it as well, which I really like I just think that's like really cool. She's a big writer in it. But yeah. you know, there's all not right. a whole lot to go on for like episode yeah. one other than like the it, humor, which no, I appreciate. Episode, just but correct not you, a lot to just it. correct you. Episode seven. Um Oh yeah, sorry, episode seven. So why, I, I feel like episodes, both episodes eight and nine, there's a lot more meat on the bone to take off. Um, why don't we go into that? I, I So I'm just going to go ahead and say this about episode eight and to start. Um, after I watched it, I went back and watched Avengers Age of Ultron. And I was like, I was like picturing it in my head like that in live action. Like, oh my gosh, of like Ultron actually in the vision you know, Android instead of Vision himself. It was like it gave me it gave me chills. They got a good voice actor for Ultron too. I, oh, I yes. enjoyed him. He was yeah, it, he was um, great. Please remind me who the voiceover actor was for the live action. Oh, he was in the office. I'm uh, forgetting his name. For he, some he played reason. he played Robert Calif- <laughs> he played Robert California. In the I, I know, and I just can't remember his name right now. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I very. I think a lot of people agree with this uh, sentiment that, you know, this episode, I think, redeemed, like, Ultron's character in a way, you know, who's kind of honestly poorly portrayed in Age of Ultron. Like, he, there was, like, a couple of lines that just don't make sense in Age of Ultron. Like, he, I think he was talking to uh, um, Scarlet Witch, and she was he was like, oh, what's the word again? I'm like, dude, you're a freaking sentient, like, a robot who has access to, like, the freaking internet. Like, how do you, like, to say, what's the word again? Like, is it... It doesn't. This seems very out of character for someone like him. Um, but this one, this Ultron we saw in this episode, a lot more menacing, all powerful, omnipotent, omnipotent. Like 
I was, I was like, wow, holy crap, this guy is like indeed a badass villain. It really was great. It was, it, one it was thing, James yeah. Spader, James Spader, the voice, like original voice actor for Ultron. okay. Um, the thing that kind of bugged me was when he just chopped Thanos in half, and I was just like. He really, he really could have done that this whole time. Yeah, right. Vision's like, oh, I didn't think of that. I'm like, like, wow, he could have actually done that. Well, <laughs> well, don't forget the um, his uh, his uh, please remind me the name of his like little minions in in the live action Thanos is the Dark War, the Dark Order. The yes, the Dark Order. They they they. they, they oh, they they, they, they they stabbed him. They could. They, so, they did screw with him. Okay, so mm, that is a thing. I they, fri- they, fri- they fried his circuits. That is so true. I completely forgot about that. They yeah. put that weird staff through him, and he couldn't like use his powers. That's he fair. couldn't fit. Fa- okay. Yeah, he couldn't fit. Fa- he couldn't phase. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Thank I you. hate that they nerfed um, Vision in Infinity War. Like, I felt like he was just like dead weight almost the whole time because they had they like stabbed through him just to make things kind of like he was the Wanda simp. simp. Yeah, oh, man, it just. I just felt so bad for Vision in a way. Yeah, <laughs> just I mean, of that. He, yeah, I mean, a lot of characters throughout this, like you know, throughout this fun project that that was put together by by Marvel, a lot of them were almost you know, kind of in a way, like without them trying to make it look like they were kind of cast aside a little bit, some in some some regards, you know. We saw a lot of Black Widow, and I am not complaining about that. No, she, I'm, she's I'm sure character. she's not either, because uh, you know, Scarlet Joe is now forty million dollars richer thanks to her. Oh, which, I mean, yeah, that's, that's very true. I, I just, her. I yeah, good for her. Uh, honestly, Disney losing money, I'm okay with. I just, yeah, they can like, lose money. It's they fine. can lose money. Marvel can gain popularity. Disney can lose lose money. I mean, I don't really endorse Scarlett Johansson just getting forty million dollars. I just more endorse Disney losing forty million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I appreciate that she, you know, she stood up for herself, like, and actually said, hey. This ain't right. Like this is not fair. And yeah. you know, and it it means, it means it, it wasn't in it. It means that they broke their contract. That's what it been, means. She's been with. The, she's been doing Marvel movies since what? Two thousand and ten. Yeah. Her yep. her first appearance was Iron Man two, and she deserves her fair share. You know, of course, the mm-hmm. pandemic was not fair, but even then, like they. We have control over what, over how much at least they had control over how much she, she was going to get compensated in that regard. So they they could have renegotiated and been like, exactly. All right, we want to come back to the table and you know we want to release this early on streaming. So what can we you know like they could have just opened up that dialogue rather than be like, all right, let's get this shit out on Disney Plus. Scarlett Johansson's not going to do shit, and then they like lost the way I see it is, you are a multi billion dollar conglomerate of a company. Why do you have to like? You have nothing. You have a little more to lose, but there is not like and but everything to gain because you're just gonna keep making money at the end of the day. Well, yeah, but now they they. I mean, this proves that this was a bad gamble. They lost more money than yep than they would. Yeah, have they, made. they bit they bit off more than they could chew. All right, and, back on back on track. <laughs> yeah, love talking shit about Disney. All right, yeah. <laughs> all right, back on track. Let's 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 stick to uh, episode eight real quick. Yeah, we, I love the utilization they did with Zola. It was clever. It was, it was, uh, well done, you know, as far as like how he, how he was, how he was put to use compared to like how, how he was just, you know, some giant brain only in winter soldier for, you know, like for however long, 
Like he got put in and then he got shown later on in the last episode for a vital role, you know? I agree. And his mm. his nature was also not forgotten at all in the conclusion and in episode nine. Um because he's selfish and he's an asshole, even though he's like a computer program. Like I loved how the watcher predicted his betrayal and you know Killmonger's betrayal as well, like down to a T. And then and then it he's gonna be watched over by Dark Doctor Strange. Um but I mean I it would be cool to see that come to live action only because I love Michael B. Jordan and it would be cool to have him come back. Yeah, it'd be cool. I love oh. Michael B. Jordan. Like he, you know, it's funny. Awesome. So, so no, he's a great actor ve- ve- and he's veering hot. off the <laughs> veering off the side topics, you know, he de- like I remember I think I remember reading like an article about like, you know, not too long after the release of Black Panther, how like his his mind after playing like such like a like a antagonistic style of a character as a black man, it it, it fucked with him like a lot. And, and actors are dramatic. No, okay. no, 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 I'm like, kidding. I'm kidding. But like in the in the greater society of like how much of an impact the movie played, it like it messed with him to be the villain in that type of a role. It would be. I mean, it, it, how crazy would it be if like he were to come back in live action via the multiverse and he was like a good guy or some shit? Because um, I mean, if if he gets released in Doctor Strange, like the one that we saw in in uh, What If, then. You know, he's not going to be a nice guy. He's going to be, mm-hmm. he's got five infinity stones or he's, he's playing a tug of war with five infinity stones. Um, but it, it was, it was a great episode. I, I really enjoyed episode eight. Yeah. Um, what, uh, I want to point out one of my favorite moments uh, yeah. in episode eight was, I think it's a very important moment, right? Cause this was like half of the episode when Ultron was like, what? He sees the watcher. He hears him, and, like, <laughs> and then he goes like, "I see you, bitch." And then the watcher's like, "Oh crap! This is this ain't right. This ain't right." He's like scared to death. Like this, to see him like break that fourth wall. Like we saw, you know what happened in like with Doctor Strange. That uh, yeah. moment right there, the and then watcher, he saw the the watcher was literally like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> and then we saw the watcher, you know, actually flex. You know, we saw him like pull off his big guns, but. It goes to show, you know, even though he's supposed to be like a godlike being, like Infinity Ultron was too much for him. And it goes to show how strong this Ultron is. Yeah, he's got the six Infinity Stones, but man, oh man, wow. That. I like, I kind of don't want him to come to live action now almost. I feel like it would just. I feel like it will, uh, it'll, uh, if it ain't broke, right? Yeah, like I think like this should be kept in this own what if animated universe. I think that maybe like some characters introduced in this like could be introduced into live action, but like I don't think like he would be a good villain brought into live action per se. I think Captain Carter would kill it in live action. And there's there are rumors that she's gonna appear, but like I I think that Ultron and, or excuse me, um, Zola, Zola, and uh, Killmonger should remain in that little universe, kind of. And if they break out, it's only going to be through animation. My opinion, though. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. With that being said, let's let's go ahead and go into uh, the uh, ninth and final episode of this uh, of this treasure of a series. Uh, what if the Watcher broke his oath? I, Patrick, you know. your first bullet point on yes, this. Pa- Patrick uh, to serve. 
on, on this note is great because I was just like I that dynamic was absolutely incredible. It was it was so similar to like so what he to- he typed out here is that um, there seemed to be a kind of a romantic bond between Captain Carter and uh, Natasha. Yeah, it was kind of like taking the place of like you know you know Captain Rogers and and and, and Captain. It, Car- it and, was, and but it almost felt more romantic than that because it kind of almost felt like Steve friend zoned her, you know. But it, it didn't feel like that they were friend zoning each other. You well, know, wasn't it, the conversation kind of the same one in the real life action? It was like, are, are you seeing anybody? What about the girl down the hall? That was the same kind of conversation in one. Yeah, if. but it doesn't matter because you know who cares? They're gonna this, this one. <laughs> this relationship felt a, a, more organic. Like I don't know. What, I agree. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I love that you pointed that out. Natural. And I like this better. Well, Steve, obviously, he's still you know misses, uh, with Peggy and all that. But whereas, like, yeah, Pe- Peggy also is more Steve awkward too. than Peggy by nature. Just that in general, is all, that is also very true. He I mean, grew he's up a, as a, he's a scrawny kid. He's a scrawny his, little his stick. His soul is a scrawny little boy. <laughs> Captain, but, I guess it goes to show. Yeah, Captain Carter has always had that exuberant like confidence um, metaphorically yeah. speaking captain carter has a giant dick <laughs> <laughs> brandon whenever when we create this episode that is going to be the subtitle okay yes. <laughs> metaphorically speaking captain carter has a giant dick come yes. on like she does like she has like the swagger of like like a gangster but like the soul of like just like the most credible human ever you know like Yes, she has. This, yes, you know. I think it makes sense why Captain Carter and Natasha are kind of like vibing because they're both they're both they're both European. Well, they're both European, but they're also both in espionage. They're both suave yeah. in nature and smooth with people and and men, and they and both know people and and everything with combat. <laughs> and most importantly, they're they're obviously well women in uh, obviously uh, mm-hmm. kind of like a male sort of dominant society, especially in like the whole superhero universe, right? So instead of so, I think that dynamic is like a huge shift right there. Instead of Captain Rogers, I mean that might Captain be a Carter. reason why Natasha looks up to her too, is because yeah. she, she was like one of the first women in espionage, and then she went to take like the super soldier serum as well. So like, yeah, Natasha's yeah, probably right. like oogling over her a little bit or something like that. Whether yeah, oh, whether it's a friendship or a relationship, you know, I think either one seems organic to me. Yes, it's almost like Phil Coulson when he, you know he had the uh, Captain America cards. You know he was a fanboy of uh, mm-hmm. you know Steve. You know it's you know people talked about you know Steve in the years to come. You know how he was like a national yep. hero. So mm-hmm. I, I'm only imagining Captain Carter was like similar deal. You know, and how many women must have looked up to her? And you're like, wow, I want to be just like her. Well, it know? was the same as their universe because like remember when Captain Carter jumped back through the portal, Clint recognized who that was like right away. Like she, she was a still a historical figure, um, but she would be great in live action. Haley Atwell is a tremendous actress. She could yes. handle this role easily. And I agree. I, I think it would be, if they recast it, I would honestly feel a little betrayed because like honestly, because they have they have this great actress, and if they don't take her up on it, then like it's just kind of like what's the point for me? Unless it's like an amazing casting, but I can't think of anybody else who could play her but her. 
I've watched interviews of of her, and I know that she seems really passionate about uh, the Captain Carter role. And I, I I feel like there's no doubt that if they were to you know bring her character onto the big screen, yeah. that she would absolutely like you know take on that role. Mm-hmm. I mean, she already has like essentially like in just in a different form, but I think she could do just as good. Which was, like I feel like she would do just as good as this role, just with a couple more stunts thrown in. Literally, that's it. <laughs> And I feel like she would have the passion to kind of make sure that she's in, you know, kind of like a Brie Larson kind of deal. Because when Brie Larson got jacked for this role for Captain Marvel, she was like, mm-hmm. remember, she was like lifting Jeeps up a street and shit like that. Like she yeah. was she was working out, you know, and she took it very seriously. And like some actors don't take this seriously. I, I actually read an article the other day, like um I don't know if you guys ever watched the train wreck. That was the the Iron Fist on Netflix. Oh yeah! Oh, I know what you're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys might need to fill me in because well, uh, I think- it was it was a terrible show. It was the action wasn't good. His co-stars seemed so good. His yes. his co-star Jessica Henwick, who is going to Colleen. be in the Matrix. Yeah, she, she was, was fantastic. She they, it was all on her. She did yes. everything. And then, and then they gave her the iron fist because they realized, like, you're the only person who's put in the effort. Like, and, and so this article was about this athletic trainer who was training um, Jessica Henwick and whatever that fuck's name is who played Finn Jones. Or that's his name, I think, actually. That is, I that's his, his name. name. His Finn name Jones. is Finn Jones, actually. Yeah, like, yeah, he she, he uh, wouldn't train. And if you're no. in something with martial arts like that, you just it's it's like a skill you know like you gotta keep up with it and it's not you'll lose it if you don't so like if you don't train like and jessica henwick trained every day like nonstop, and then she got this role of iron fist and it was maybe starting to look good starting to kind of look up and i was like maybe this will get good and then i was like probably won't get good because and then then they canceled it and i was like yeah I was but, disappointed. I was like, "Wow, you, this is really getting good towards the end here." And then that's because Jessica Hedwig got it. You know, yeah. it was hers. <laughs> I think it was all the second season. I'll admit was significantly better than first, and it was oh, be- yeah. much better. It was much better paced. Instead of thirteen episodes, like they've done it with like every season in the Defenders series, uh, with the exception of the Def- with the Defenders, which was six episodes. Um, they kept it to ten episodes, and it was much more concise. They chopped it down, so there's like a lot of less. You know, just five I, I seconds just, of them eye to eye contact Finn 10 Jones seconds just is for me he's just not a good actor i mean i, right, I hate to enough. say that yeah. I, I i don't like to like disparage people like that i just don't think he really has it and i hope one day he proves me wrong <laughs> i i am disappointed like you said about that uh, he did not do most of his stunts and, mm-hmm. or most of that martial arts action and didn't de- dedicate himself to, you know, actually study and learn because mm-hmm. one of the beauty of, you know, like uh, martial arts films, like we talked about with, in our podcast about Shang-Chi is that mm-hmm. you, you don't, you almost never need to bring in like stunt doubles, mm-hmm. like very few, except for like, you know, those crazy stunts, right? But like, yeah, what makes it so nice is that it's fluid. It feels raw. It feels, yeah, it looks exactly. It looks awesome. But yeah, I mean, and what it, I'm, it looks, it looks convincing. Cut. It looks convincing enough to where it like, feels real. It feels real. Like Simu Lu made that look as real as it gets. I couldn't tell when they stunt doubled a scene or not. <laughs> You know, and it looked. It, I mean, it looked like Jackie Chan in the in the twenty twenties. That's so, just, just. But what I was saying though is that like I seeing that fi- that Finn Jones really didn't put in the one hundred and ten percent. 
I just have this gut feeling that if Haley Atwell were cast as this role in live action, There'd she no would put in worry. that. Yes, she would be putting in that hundred and ten percent that you know that people like Finn Jones wasn't putting in, and that this Brie is- Larson is putting in. I'm I'm impressed with the Brie Larson. I wasn't aware of that. It's kind of crazy because I didn't know that she was she was also in she was the mom in was it the room room back in 2016 I believe I haven't seen that I've I watched that movie I'm like what that's her that's the same she was in um, wow she was in a Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the world too remember she was uh, and that's that's her singing that is her singing it's on Oops. Spotify. She's amazing. Wait, 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 wait. We are Sex Bob and we are here to kick ass. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, her. the band. <laughs> she's the drummer? No, she's the lead singer. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I got her, I got her mixed up with the red-headed drummer for, for Scotty's band. Okay, oh, sorry. No. Moving on, though. Moving on. Oh, man. Let's get back on. Let's get Let's get a little track. Let's get a little track record of, of, of uh, this what if. I don't, like... I'm not sure we had. We, there's not much else to cover with that. Uh, the last question that Patrick makes a good point of is: How is Steve hypothetically still inside the Hydra Stopper at the very end? I have no answer for that. I really don't. You know, I it's very, it's very, it, and really quick. It's very enlightening when Brand cannot come up with an answer for something Marvel related because it means <laughs> I like it means like it means we will find out at the same time. Uh, the Tesseract's not with it. I have no idea. Makes the fact that Brandon doesn't know means that this is indeed a valid question. Yeah. I, <laughs> some, sometimes, like I ask a question and then what, and it, I, I, you know, I talk through the whole thing to my wife, and then she tells me it's because of X, Y, and Z. You know, she points out some details. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, because I, I missed some, yeah, thing yeah, that like yeah. was obvious or whatever. But it's this like, one apparently not. <laughs> it's like those times when you go to the grocery store and you call your wife. You're like, where's the cilantro? I cannot. Never mind. I found it. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, fun fact. I believe this is the only episode where Tony Stark did not die. <laughs> Tony died a lot. And he died it was, a lot. It was a great job of it. Done a great job of dying. Great, I, I mean, great. it just goes to show that when Tony Stark is not in the picture, a lot of shit goes to shit. <laughs> it does have a massive collateral effect. For well, sure. he, he started the MCU, apparently. But yeah. I mean, in, in about a month, we're going to see go back as far as we've possibly gone before with Eternals. We're going back, apparently, like 7000 years. Um, that's right. And that's what we're bringing. Our, so now. So now for those listening, now that we've uh, we just finished covering the, the last three episodes of What If? Uh, I think Patrick, Brandon and I, we discussed this before coming on. Uh, we're going to take some time to talk about the. Um, the upcoming uh, blockbuster in November uh, that is Eternals. Um, also, uh, just a quick note: I I have not, as of yet not seen Venom yet, but it does have implications to the to the uh, to the rest of the MCU. That is what I that is what I know for sure. Brandon have, and Patrick, uh, yes or no? Have you seen it? I have not, not seen it yet. I yeah. yeah, I'm All sure. right. We will. We will. I think we will make a pact when uh, by the next time we are recording. I hope to have gone to see it. Uh, I hope you guys do too. So I do want to talk about the Eternals. I want to talk about just one thing I'm particularly excited for, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And I want to talk about the character of Makari, who is being played by Lauren Lauren Ridloff. um, And she is a deaf character and a deaf actress. Um, And she is 
a now you want to talk about the character itself or the casting of the character i want to talk about the character because it's just like a character i'm excited for okay okay i i i'm not saying yeah there are a lot lots of shit going wrong with ultron i'm not gonna say i don't like the speedster that we got um with quicksilver i just think that the way that they're gonna do this speedster with the character of makari is gonna be epic the the animation not really the animation the cgi that is like flying by her as she's using her powers in the trailer is absolutely breathtaking and then we also got a new trailer or at least little like tidbit release i think yesterday or today actually Uh where she she is running towards like one of those deviants and then she stops just short of it and hits him with like a sonic boom kind of deal Mm-hmm. so she's like she's using her sound in like other ways that we've seen like normal speedsters in like movies and television be used so i'm particularly excited for her i think that it's just going to be a good character that's going to be um just a lot of good stuff um patrick you have any thoughts on that yeah i haven't seen that new trailer yet i've kind of actually been uh dodging as much it oh, as oh my bad uh, oh no no don't like anything that people tell me, like I'll still digest anyway because that's stuff that is already out there. So no harm done. It's just that um, I kind of like I said before, you know, me not being so much of a comic guy. Like I want to go into this, you know, with that fresh experience. So I don't want to know too much because I kind felt like a couple years ago, especially with Spider-Man: Homecoming, that trailer like dumped like literally a whole plot right there. You mean or, far? Like, you mean far from home, right? Uh no, uh home homecoming I felt like really dumped everything. Far from home did only show like maybe Oh I meant no way home. I meant no way home. Oh no, I'm I am talking about like home homecoming. This is from like years ago. Oh okay, okay. Just I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. So I felt like a lot of trailers um a couple years ago were like just, they were just throwing out the whole plot in there. Even Thor Ragnarok really kind of did that. And it's the opposite for me. I I want to read all of it. I'm I've started reading details about like the Eternals and like the Celestials and how they're made. And I I don't know if I told you guys my theory. I'll hold my tongue because I don't want to spoil anything for you. But well, I, I have did, a theory. did you not already did you not already text me that theory? I I don't think I don't want to ruin it for Patrick about the celestial egg, so I'm not going to ruin it. But okay, so you did tell you did tell me already though. I just want to. Make oh sure. yeah, okay. I told okay. you. Okay. But oh, I'm yeah. not going to ruin it because I think I know the plot of Eternals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pa- oh pa- dang. Pa- okay, yeah, they definitely don't yeah, say. Patrick, long, long story short, without telling you the detail of what Brandon texted me, he just out of the blue texted me like a Bible verse long paragraph of like I dove into a rabbit hole of Marvel theories. Here's what oh I can't. God. Here's what I got. I was and, just like, and after after <laughs> no, after getting to know Brandon Patrick, I think you can imagine how well detailed it was. And I think, oh yeah, oh yeah, I did predict a lot of Wandavision. A lot of Wandavision uh, I missed, but a lot of it I did predict. And I did get a lot of Loki, but I got more of Loki wrong than of Wandavision. But Patrick, I think your dogs are excited for Internals. I'm just going to put that <laughs> out there. But I think that's a good stopping point. You guys have anything else to say? Patrick, you know I'm excited for for the Eternals. It's just just less than a month away. Uh, I guess I'll go see Venom eventually. I wasn't really planning to watch it in the theaters, but you know, I've heard, like I said, I've heard that there's some major tie-ins to potentially the MCU, which is interesting, right? Because considering this is a Sony product, I'm not. Sh- well, I- Brandon made the made the prediction last time, and it's starting to look like it's right that it, this is going to be Tom Holland's last uh, appearance. As, I Sp- as Spider-Man am, in 
the Oracle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, oh, speaking of the Oracle, I know this is like not necessarily related, but the Matrix movie coming out in December as well, right around oh, the same yeah. time as a. Uh, as far from home as no way home right no way oh my home, god right? the matrix is coming to the spider-man universe <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy uh, but, uh, i'm excited for both i was a huge matrix fans anyone who's who's also matrix jessica fan, henwick's in that yeah. and i know right she, she fucking deserves that shit oh i'm man. disappointed that uh oh gosh who hugo weaving is not in it like he is a phenomenal actor and also uh Lawrence fishburne too both of which both actors yeah why did he get recast why did apparently he died i'm i'm not even kidding apparently he died in a video game that's apparently canon dead serious what no all right all right, more. All right, M- Morpheus will always be Fishborn. Let's just go ahead and get that out. Apparently, well, apparently, I haven't seen all the Matrixes. I've only seen actually the first one, and I saw it kind of recently. Um, but uh, apparently, I don't know. I don't want to ruin it. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the Odin Samuel Sons podcast. You guys can find us uh, anywhere where podcasts are found. Uh, we appreciate all the love and support. Believe it or not, guys, we do actually have subscribers. We do have about uh, five or six subscribers. Um, which, <laughs> yeah, hey, man. you know that—that's people who are getting a notification. Hey, that, that is that is not zero. That's a fact. It's it's true. That's people true. are getting a notification and pulling up our podcast when they are grocery shopping, when they are working out, when they are taking a shit, when they are in the shower. Who knows? But there are five to six people, maybe maybe just three plus us. Who knows? um who are doing that um which is awesome but thank you guys so much for listening um but yeah thanks for listening